You're listening to Under One Roof, a Covenant House Vancouver production. Under One Roof is your opportunity to hear conversations with subject matter experts on a variety of social justice and public policy issues. Covenant House Vancouver is dedicated to serving all youth with absolute respect and unconditional love, helping youth experiencing homelessness and protecting and safeguarding all youth in need. And now, Under One Roof. Welcome to Under One Roof, a Covenant House Vancouver production. My name is Jennifer Hall, and I will be your host for today's episode. This month, Covenant House Vancouver is speaking with Rebecca Bullwitt, also known as Miss 604, on the topic of philanthropy and charitable giving. Welcome to the program, Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to meet you in person after seeing your personality online. So thanks for being here. For listeners who may not know you, can you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Rebecca Bullwitt. Uh, I do go by Miss 604 online. I have um, three kind of branches to what I do. The first is my company, 64 Media, which does WordPress website development. So I build websites. I've been building websites since 1997 and since Word, uh, with, with WordPress since about 2008. Um, the second little work bucket or column that I have is Miss 604, which is the big one, <laughs> which most people know, which is a professional blog um, and social media entity uh, in Vancouver. And I write about community events. Um, history, photography, things happening around Vancouver. If it's happening in the 604 from Squamish to Chilliwack, I've probably covered it or will cover it. Send me an email. It's free. (laughs) Um, So I do Miss 604. And then the third bucket is uh, I'm on a few nonprofit boards and I do volunteering and event sponsorship for nonprofits. So kind of my my give back arm. Oh, and there's a fourth I forgot to mention, too. My writing. (laughs) My writing. So I'm a little busy. My writing. um, I've written a few books, and I do technical editing as well. So I guess that's four little columns of what I do. Wow. That's a lot of of fingers in different pies. One of the main areas that you work in, even though you have so many, is social media. And I know you've written a blog called, sorry, a book called Blogging to Drive Business. How do you use that skill set? to make an impact in the world of philanthropy and charitable giving. Yeah. So the book came out in 2010 and it, everything's just changed since then. But I guess the first instance of knowing that I could use social media for social good, as that used to be one of the original hashtags was when I started blogging, there was a thing called blogathon and the blogging world was so small back then. So this is like 2005, 2006, The blogging world was so small, you could easily find another blogger somewhere else in the world and read their blog and follow it. And um, one that I followed uh, mentioned this thing called Blogathon, which was for one day a year, everyone get pledges and support a a cause in your community. And it's like a -a bat-a-thon or a -a walk-a-thon where you get pledges for a cause. And then you do something for, well, this was for 24 hours straight. So every half hour, publish a blog, write and publish a blog post for 24 hours and just keep going. And this is again, before the days before social media. So Twitter would totally take care of this now. <laughs> so 2006 ish, 2007, I did blogathon. So every half hour, uh, for 24 hours, I blogged for a cause. The cause I had picked, um, I, I've done Surrey Food Bank. I grew up in Surrey, but the one that really made an impact on me was the Union Gospel Mission. Um, back in those days, they had recently launched uh, their first website, and they invited some uh, tech folks from Vancouver, uh, some online 
folks who were visible online at that time to their website launch. So I was planning Blogathon. I was at a website launch for the Union Gospel Mission, and I thought, okay, this can be my cause, and I can see how this can make an impact, how my blogging during Blogathon can um, can reach the Union Gospel Mission and, and see what we can do there. Well, we ended up raising, I think, almost $8,000, which was a one-day fundraising uh, record for them, and especially for the brand new website. I'm glad it didn't break; it held up. <laughs> and so it, it was 24 hours of doing something that I, uh, that you know, that I do all day, every day now, still. And I was able to raise, you know, thousands of dollars for a cause. And this is, you know, 2006, 2007. And I was like, okay, this is something I definitely want to keep doing. Um, blogging at that time for me was. You know, when I started in 2004, it was what I had for breakfast that day, what happened on the amazing race the, the night before. And I was looking for a way to write about something that wasn't me. <laughs> it was something that I'm interested in and I can write about all day, every day, but it's not me. So the city, the history, the, you know, photography, I love taking photos and now causes, um, because of this blogathon, I saw, okay, I have an online audience. There's, there's folks watching, there's folks listening. Um, they're willing to donate. They're willing to hear stories. And I need to keep this going. So it's kind of a long, <laughs> it's been several years over, you know, almost two decades in the making of how I learned that uh, blogging and social media for a cause, it, it's a thing, it works. And I, I, I've seen it work even before social media existed, just the impact that it can have. You talked about some of the different organizations that you've supported and, and used that platform of your social media to, to get behind different causes. And I know Covenant House has been very fortunate to be one of the charities that's supported by the Miss 604, 604 blog. Can you tell us what you look for when you're selecting charities to support? Yeah. Um, so Covenant House, I, I really don't even remember how I first got into it, but I did. St- I do do the Covenant House Sleepout for four years, uh, starting in 2013. So uh, before 2013, they were on my radar and again, I'm not sure how it could have been social media. It could have been um, someone I know. Usually it's someone I know um, who, which word of mouth is huge with promoting uh, causes and campaigns. So usually it's someone I know, um, someone I trust. Someone just sends me an email and says, hey, look, we're an organization. We do this. Do you, Are you interested in supporting in X, Y, Z different ways? So, yeah, with Covenant House, it was here's something that I can do. So it wasn't blogging for 24 hours, but it was sleeping out <laughs> in the alley behind the Prender building. Um, and it was just something so different to me. Like, uh, um, And I'll, I'll mention this a few times, but my friend Howard Blank, who uh, is a philanthropist in town, and he, he works with so many different charities, is on several boards. We're on several boards together. He always says, you can give your time, your talent, or your treasure, or, or all three. So time is donating the time that you have volunteering your talent, your skills. So for me, it's social media and blogging or your treasure, those cash donations too. So those are three things that I kind of operate by. What cause can I support with either of these three things? Um, so for me, it's, I, I realized the root of your question was how do I cho- choose which organizations to support? So I'll loop back there. So Union Gospel Mission just got on my radar. Covenant House got on my radar, but they're just... They they struck such a chord with me, um, especially I you know I grew up in Surrey I grew up in Wally went to West Wally Junior High shout out to my fellow Trojans, um, and there were some paths that I could have taken in life. There's ways I, my life could have gone if I didn't have certain supports, um, certain teachers, certain community organizations, certain um, groups that I didn't get involved with, and 
and, and at the core of what I do, and ever since I was little also, I grew up in a church community, um, giving back and donating your time was a big, was a big thing. So right now, and when I look at how I want to give back, I want to give back to the community I started in. So Surrey, Wally, um, which is now downtown Surrey. It's fancier. <laughs> um, I want to get back to the communities uh, that, that shaped me, that I evolved from, that I've, that I've, uh, yeah, that, uh, that that shaped who I am. Um, causes that are near and dear to me: uh, youth programs, at youth, at risk youth, homelessness, um, families, children, um, and yeah, those are the things I look for. That was a really long answer. That's okay. <laughs> it it sounds like the theme running through yeah. what you've mentioned is that there's a personal connection, whether it's through a friend that you trust or whether it's through your own experience, there's something personal that touches your heart. And that's how you choose the charities that you're involved in. Is that fair to say? (laughs) Yes. That was a perfect little recap. The too long didn't read version. (laughs) Yep. You volunteer on several board of directors, including the BC Entertainment Hall of Fame, Stanley Park Ecology Society, and Dan's Legacy Foundation, all really different causes. Can you talk about what the experience of volunteering means to you, what benefit it gives to you personally to volunteer, and also the benefit it gives to the organizations that you serve? Yeah, so for me, volunteering is something that... um, I grew up doing. Um, I, I always knew that if you know I could help set up a table and chairs, or I could help fill a backpack with donations, or being present and doing something physically present. Um, I also knew you can obviously donate, but I didn't grow up with uh, the ability to donate my treasure. As I mentioned before, Howard, my friend, says he likes to consider folks donating with their time, their talent, or their treasure. I didn't have treasure. A lot of that treasure going up. Um, and even in 2008, pro-blogging didn't pay the bills, so I didn't have that treasure, but I had the time and the talent. So for me, volunteering is giving one of those three things however you can. Um, it's at the core of what I do because of what I grew up in, the community I grew up in, um, the impact that I've seen just early on with those days of uh, the blogathon. just seeing that I have a voice I can help amplify others' voices. I can, um, you know, even if it's a, a retweet or if it's attending uh, or an event or or volunteering my time doing thank you calls for Covenant House too. There's just so many different ways that you can give back, and I think it, it, there's so many different ways that, that can uh, suit folk suit folks in whatever way they they can give back. And the, you don't always have to think of you know. Of course, it definitely helps to hit that donate button and give a cash donation, but don't be limited. Uh, don't not support a cause because you think that's the only way that you can do it. And that's just what I've learned, um, over the years. And that's what I continue doing. It sounds like you, you learned from the examples set by others too, of that volunteering is something that's meaningful. And you, you followed in that, in those footsteps. I'm fortunate that I grew up knowing some very kind people. Um, and being impacted by now I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm being impacted by some very kind people in my life. So that's just who I want to be too. It's mm, beautiful. If money wasn't an object and you could volunteer full time, it sounds like you already volunteer a whole ton of time. But if you could and you didn't have to pay the bills, what would you spend your time doing? I'd almost be doing the same thing I'm doing now, but with less stress. <laughs> Um, I love what I do. I love every part of my business and what I do. And if I could um, just 
take away the part where it's the hustling part and trying to find those clients and trying to find those advertisers and just do the other part of what I'm doing, which is donating my time and talent. And if money was no object, a whole lot of my treasure, <laughs> I would be doing that full time. Um, yeah, at the core of what I do and even what I write about on my site is stuff that I'm interested in and that I'm passionate about. You'll notice I stay away from politics and real estate. <laughs> I keep it very light. Um, and I want to talk about community. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't really I meant to do, like, you know, news updates. So Miss 604 is all about community, people in the community, events, ways that you can show your support. And I would just still do that if I didn't have to have a day job. And you've created a community of your own, that community of all of your followers who are you know, together in that space is a community. So it's a powerful place you've created. It's amazing to see when I have, um, you know, when I post a tweet about um, like Canuck Place uh, this morning and someone will retweet and share their impact story just just with a tweet, um, just how far that that can go and how many people that can reach and how it brings out others who share their story as well. One of the things that you're passionate about, you mentioned this off the top, is writing. It's one of the areas where you spend your time. And I know that you are a regular contributor to Megaphone, which is a magazine dedicated to amplifying marginalized voices and creating work for individuals who are experiencing homelessness. And I wonder if you have any favorite stories that you've covered for the magazine and whether there's anything that you've learned through the experience that you'd want to share with our listeners. Yeah, Megaphone is so amazing with all the different um, projects that they have going, the ways that they support um, their their vendors, their writers, their photographers. And I'm actually just honored that they accept my <laughs> my writing every month. So I have a column called Heartbeats, and the focus is nonprofit organization, the people behind nonprofit organizations, specifically in East Vancouver. And it's an idea that I pitched to uh, Paula Carson, who's the editor. I saw, I found it on Twitter. <laughs> she posted a tweet on Twitter in early 2020 and said, we're looking for more writers. So I said, could I contribute a column focusing on nonprofits? And she said, yes, you know, just as long as they're specific to the East Van. And I was like, okay, how do I find, <laughs> I know of a few, how do I find more? And so two years later, I've featured almost two dozen nonprofits that are doing just such incredible work in that community and beyond. And it's just been really cool. I've, I've been referred by other people. I've just done Google searches, social media searches, um, just to find folks who are running these organizations. So, um, an example of what we just had bolt safety was featured, um, for November and they were founded by youth in Metro Vancouver and they wanted to combine, uh, technology. So the phone in their pocket, with public safety, personal safety. So they developed an app and a way that uh, if you're out at an event or coming home uh, from school or somewhere, you can use the app, you can contact one of their uh, safe buddies, as they call it, and that person will walk you home or they'll stay on the phone with you until your bus comes. And it's just really cool what they've been able to develop. So an organization like that, um, also uh, uh, Rose Archie from Nation Skate Youth, that was another feature that I had uh Rose goes to different indigenous communities around North America. Really, she started in Bridget, with a, with her co-founders. Started with uh, BC and Alberta, and I've seen. I follow her on Instagram. I can see she's in the states now, and uh, they do skateboarding workshops in these indigenous communities, which is so cool. Just connecting with uh, with others, with just getting kids active and 
just playing, learning a new skill, and also connecting with their community. And so what Rose is doing is just amazing as well. So I've just been really uh, blown away by how many I thought I knew there was people doing amazing things for nonprofits, specifically in East Vancouver, but I'm just blown away by how many more that I've found, how many more people are just doing these really cool things. And another quick little plug for Megaphone is that they're part of the international network of street papers. So their articles often get syndicated around the world to over a hundred different papers. So the story about Rose and Nation Skate Youth was actually on the cover of, um, one of the paper, I think, in Seattle or Portland. So they syndicated it too. So my little column and other megaphone stories and photos have a potential worldwide reach. So what they're doing is so cool. Wow, that's great. One of the things that you offer on your blog is event sponsorship. And I wonder if you can discuss what makes a good charitable event and how marketing plays a role and helps make the event successful. A good charitable event is one that happens. (laughs) So we'll start there. Um, And then it's up to the organization to figure out their their goals. And then it's my job uh, as a sponsor, as a social media sponsor, again, giving that talent and skill. Um, It's my job to to help them reach those goals, whether it's a dollar figure, whether before when it was a little easier to do so, whether that was trending on Twitter, um, exposure, followers on social media, or people in the door or silent auction bids. So whatever their, their, their goal for that campaign was, um, I would be there to support and then we'd measure the success based on that. So a few years ago, I sponsored the Variety Show of Hearts Telethon. I used to be on the board of Variety BC, so they're near and dear to my heart as well. There's a lot of room in my heart <laughs> for these organizations. So the uh, Show of Hearts Telethon for Variety, which always happens around Valentine's Day in February, we actually trended on Twitter um, ahead of the Stanley Cup and ahead of the prime minister at the time, I'm like, that's a big win. But, you know, of course, we also raised over $5 million. But wow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're above hockey. <laughs> that's not easy to do. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so successes like that or, you know, obviously the dollar figures, obviously getting people in the door if it's a, a in-person event. Um, but my job as the social media sponsor, which I, I, I donate in-kind advertising um you know, blog posts, social media, I'll attend the event to do live Twitter or Instagram stories, but also I can also work with the event team or the social media team, do pre-made, um, uh, tweets and messaging and full campaign strategy. And I'll just donate that as the event sponsor, just to help them reach the goals that they're trying to reach. Wow. You've talked about this a little bit. If we talk about defining success with charitable giving, how, how do you define success with your own charitable giving? So success with charitable giving is, you know, making that thermometer go all the way up to the top (laughs) with the monetary donations. Um, I think just the same as, as what I was mentioning with the events to, um, helping the organization reach their goal, whatever that goal might be. Um, it could be a little thing from, I post something on Twitter and it gets retweeted by someone with 10 times more followers than me. It could be, um, just a reach, getting those conversations going. Um, like I mentioned too, uh, sharing a story and someone else leaving a comment and sharing their own story. So I know this is very social media. My answers are very social media and blog realm related, but that's my wheelhouse. That's where I am. And that's where I see these conversations. And that's where I also want to amplify these conversations. So success for me is also making connections. So if I see someone, um, for example, Downtown Eastside Women's Center just sent out an urgent call for donations. If I see folks 
replying, retweeting, sharing, and actioning on that. If, you know, once I've, I've shared it on my networks as well, that's a success for me because that, that message is immediately amplified. Someone replies and says, where can I donate socks right now? I'm like, that's a success. <laughs> and it might seem small, a retweet or a like might seem so small, but you're reaching people that you may not have otherwise reached. And people do go from online to in-person and they do make actual physical differences but with that first initial point being social media. You talk about amplifying voices and I'm curious what your motivation in doing that is. Is it about impacting public policy? Is it about encouraging people to, to donate and get involved in a cause? What do you, what motivates you to amplify voices? Well, part of it is I don't want to it to be my voice all the time on social media. I know I'm, I'm out there and, you know, when we first started this off, you're like, oh, I've seen you online so often, but we've never met in person. And I know I'm very noisy online, but I don't like talking about myself all the time. So I want to talk about what I'm interested in and how others can help out and, and uh, be involved with what I'm interested in. So I want to be that bridge between who I follow, which might not be who every met, every person follows, um, who I follow, uh, what they're trying to amplify, what they're trying to say, causes they're trying to support. And I want to bridge that gap uh, with a share, with a retweet. With I have, um, so for my monthly event list too, uh, folks can send in their event listings for free. They have an event, pretty much anything. I will, I will post it and put it in my list for them. Um, just, again, using my time, talent, <laughs> time and talent to amplify and bridging those voices. So if I find someone in a community, um, uh, in a certain community, in, in a certain realm, um, that is an expert in their field, that is a peer that, uh, has really important messaging. Maybe they have 200 followers. They ask for something to be shared or they're trying to get attention to a different cause or something. And if I can share that to my followers, um, then yeah, I'm going to, <laughs> you've mentioned a couple of times that there's different ways to get involved with charity, time, talent, or treasure. And of course, treasure donating money. That's one way to get involved for listeners who may not be in a position to make a financial donation, but who want to get engaged in the community and, and be philanthropic and make a difference. Do you have any thoughts on key things that they can do to be philanthropic? Yeah. So, um, through the time and talent and treasure, <laughs> Howard's words again, <laughs> use those as SEO keywords for this podcast. Um, <laughs> um, ways to get involved. So I, you know, I've mentioned it a lot, just, you know, sharing a retweet or liking an organization on social media. These are very small things that you can do that take three seconds of your time, but could make an impact. Um, a lot of organizations, I know sometimes even with grants, uh, they look at newsletter followers, uh, uh, social media followers, uh, the reach online. And if you can follow, you'll get news from an organization, um, being a newsletter follower, you, again, you'll get those news campaign uh, tidbits and news anytime they share it. So being a subscriber, being a follower, you can do that. That's pretty easy to do. If you're online, you can also, um, again, volunteer in your community. There's a lot of different ways you can volunteer. Um, so many different ways. One I mentioned earlier, I've done thank you calls for Covenant House. So that's pretty cushy. You get to sit in a little office with a headset and call people and thank them. And it's always positive because um, all you're doing is saying thank you. Thank you for your support. And so that's another way you can volunteer. Um, 
Surrey Christmas Bureau, I know I was just reading about them today. They're looking for volunteers for their uh, toy depot. Um, Adopt-a-family programs, really big around this time of year as well. That's way you can support through Adopt-a-family programs. And then um, if you do have the treasure to spend, make a donation, become a monthly donor for an organization, uh, do a one-time donation. And also this time of year, there's a lot of silent auctions. So Charitable events are back, but also um, a lot of organizations are doing auctions just for the season. So you can go online and support and get awesome Christmas presents um, while also supporting a cause. So those are great ways to to also use um, uh, your treasure. Um, or go ahead and just make a big old donation. <laughs> it's a great reminder at this time of year that there's creative ways to give gifts to maybe people in your world, whether you make a donation in their name or, like you said, look for something through a silent auction. So that's a great idea. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Rebecca. That brings us to the end of this episode of Under One Roof. I'd like to thank my guest, Rebecca Balwit, or Miss 604, as many of us know her, for joining me. If you would like to learn more about the work that we do here at Covenant House Vancouver, or if you have a concern for a youth in your life, please visit Covenant House Vancouver's website at www.covenanthousebc.org. If you have any feedback on today's episode or suggestions for future topics, please email us at publicaffairs at covenanthousebc.org. Until next time, I'm Jennifer Hall, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to Under One Roof, a Covenant House Vancouver production. If you have questions or comments about today's episode, please email us at publicaffairs at covenanthousebc.org. For more information on Covenant House Vancouver or to make a donation, please visit our website at www.covenanthousebc.org. Until next time, thanks for listening.